stay there. You know what? I believe that every single person on this planet can make a difference. And I believe that we all have something to offer, something that's so unique that it will change somebody else's life. I believe we all deserve to step into our true selves. And I believe that every single person needs to feel great about themselves. I want you to step into who you truly are and I want you to make a difference for somebody else and for yourself. And I don't think it's that hard. It's a matter of putting one step in front of the other and just taking action. And I'm interviewing guests that have done just that. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where you can make that decision to make your life count. It all starts with you saying yes. And welcome back to another week of the Get Off the Bench podcast. And this week we're talking about running and marathons. Now, if you're not into running and marathons, don't 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 shut down, don't hang up, don't turn it off. Hang in there because the the lessons behind this and the moral of the story and all that kind of stuff and the reason that uh, today's guest is running it will really inspire you and really really motivate you, really make you start to think about. Um, doing good beyond ourselves and 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 how much benefit there is in that. Today I'm chatting with Brock Williams, who is 22 and he's a third-year chiropractic student and life didn't start out. Well, actually, he's had a bloody fantastic life, to be honest, but he's been a very cheeky, naughty boy at school and uh, some, he's come out the other end of that as an amazing, amazing young man who is doing marathons to raise money not only to not only to bet him better himself but um the one that he's running in December is to raise money for running from Adelaide to sale in December to raise money for uh the Sony Foundation which will help his friend Xavier who's got a who's a 19 year old guy with a tumor I, I love this and my my he touches me very emotionally in the middle of this and just the way he's uh, thinking about a bit further than himself. So anyway, I'm a bit I'm a bit blubbery. So let's get into it. I know you're going to love it, and uh, let's go. So welcome, Brock. Thank you very much for having me, Karen. I appreciate it. Uh, it's my pleasure. You're a bloody legend, and you know I might not have said that about ten years ago because you're a little shit, but um, <laughs> but you, you've turned into an amazing human, which I believe was under there the whole time. But um, you're doing some great stuff with your, you know, now that you've left school and got over those uh, difficult days, you, you're now doing chiropractic and you're doing marathons and you are uh, in December looking to do one particular marathon that's close to your heart for your mate Xavier who's got cancer. So we'll we'll talk all about those things. But um, so welcome welcome on board and and thanks for being brutally honest about your <laughs> your childhood. <laughs> no, no drama. It's all, all a part of my story now. So no, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. No, it's my pleasure. And that's exactly the point that we've all got a story. Do you know? And and I think that every single person's story um, lends itself to somebody else learning from it. And I know that that's something that you're big on now is you know helping to inspire people to live their potential and um yeah for sure yeah yeah and I don't think that comes from perfection I think that comes from a lot of bloody hard work a lot of mistakes and you know screwing things up and then making some realizations and having reflections so I think I think it's great now at the start I did mention that you were a shit of a kid (laughs) and and so so was I Brock so don't worry about it so it works out well 
Yeah, it does work out well. <laughs> in fact, in fact, there's a lot of people I know that are doing great things. It was shits of kids. So and that, that's yeah. and if my mum's listened to it, she'll be nodding her head going, Oh my god, you were more than a shit of a kid. But and <laughs> tell, what what when what what was it like at school? Like you were you tell us how you behaved and then I want to know why you think you might have behaved like that. Oh, I think when I was prepped to grade two, I was a golden child. I was actually really well behaved, yeah, back then, but yeah, I don't know, something changed when I hit, like, grade three. Yeah, grade three at Rosedale Primary School through to year 12, my final year of schooling at Catholic College. So I was just, yeah, just, I don't know, probably got caught in the wrong crowd a little bit. at had to be the show off. I had to be the face of attention all the time, probably, yeah. I thrived off that, which, yeah, wasn't something, like, I look back in, in hindsight and I'm real proud of. But, yeah, I was, yeah, get, get, I was young. I was, yeah, pretty immature with it all. But, you know, I just got stuck in one place with it all, and yeah, I don't know. I found it pretty hard to break out of it. Yeah, and and when you so to be a car, I want to tell. Well, actually, I want to say something there. It was great too when I had a turning point too because I was a um I was a golden child. I was teaching all the other kids to read in grade prep. You know, I was I was the number one student, and then I had a yep. I had a teacher in grade two who was great and she left and then another one came and I didn't didn't gel with her at all. And so from grade two onwards, I couldn't stand school, you know, and I was I was a, yeah. I was a fair shit actually. And and exactly like you, always just a class clown, you know, and how can I make people laugh? And and when I look back at it too, I, I, I'm the same. I ended up not doing um year 12, you know, I was going to be a teacher and and yeah. I got a job at the end of year year eleven in Safeway or Woolworths back then. And it, I was earning like $84 a week over Christmas holidays. I thought, I'm not going back to school. This is bloody fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> that, didn't quite, that didn't quite work out. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, you've, you've had a dream of being an elite sports person. Actually, we'll talk about that in a minute. But you, why did you, to be a chiropractor, you must have done year 12. Did you end up to? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I started. Yeah, once once you get to year eleven and twelve, you get the option to do your VCA or VCAL, which is, yeah, the VCAL is more if you um, want to end up in a trade. And I started doing that at the beginning of year eleven. Probably did two or three weeks, and yeah, it just wasn't for me at all. So I switched over to VCA. And I can't even really remember the subjects I was doing. Physical education would have been one of them, and then like your standard maths and English and stuff. But I don't really remember the other ones too well. But then yeah, I followed that through in year twelve. Finished yeah, finished me um, year twelve, which is something I'm pretty proud of because if you had asked me. Year seven or eight, if I'm finishing school, I would have said there's no way I would have been <laughs> would have been straight out of there. But yeah, like yeah, similar to what we touched on before, I didn't apply the most effort to yeah. I'm like ATAR was all I think. I got about seventy, which yeah, it ends up being in the top thirty percent of the state, but it wasn't real indicative of my ability. I, yeah, yeah, didn't utilize my time half as much as what I could have. So why did you? So you had to do VCE or VCE. That's what we. Yeah, VCA to get into to chiropractic college. What what was it that switched you? Because you you could have just spent all your time. Um, you you could have gone into a trade and so said, you know, I'm just gonna. And I'm not bagging trades, but you could have just gone into that and gotten drunk every weekend because you were enjoying that kind of lifestyle. What was it that made you go? I I really need to switch here and pull my socks up and like. Was it that you suddenly saw that you could have a great future if you applied yourself, or what was that switch? Yeah, it was. Um, I can't. I remember I was doing a bit of. Um, I was helping one of my good mates from Rosedale, Adam Diamond, out with flooring, and he was talking about um, 
he suffered a few concussions and stuff over his football career at own. He was interested in like psychology and stuff like that. And I did, yeah, I studied psychology actually in in year twelve. It would have been. I found that stuff really interesting. Yeah, I just kind of went of the stereotype when you're growing up. All, all, all males get trades and stuff, yeah, kind of like that. But yeah, just it, it just isn't me. Like it just it doesn't doesn't appeal to me at all. And then yeah, at the end of year twelve, I um I was started playing footy. The sale football club and one of the and one of the players there is a chiropractor, Mitchell Dias. And yeah, I've got I started speaking to him a little bit about it and how he studied up here and yeah, went to the same university as everything as me. And then um yeah, ever since then, really that was probably had a conversation with Mitch and then yeah, actually just going to the car I'm like, yeah, this is me, this is what this is what I want to do. So yeah, ever since yeah, like um, yeah, yeah, I enjoy it as much as someone can enjoy studying and stuff at university, but like I work at a few few chiropractic um, clinics now, one in Carlton and one in Rose. I want back then. Yeah, you know, reminds myself every day what why why I chose to study it. It's yeah, it's my, my passion for sure. Yeah, and it's um, I think that isn't it funny though. You're talking about you're having that one conversation with that one person at the football club. Do you, you know? And it was sort of like, oh yeah, I could do that. And it, it, there must be so many people out there who never run into that person. You know, who just yeah. who just triggers that thing for them. And and I think we've got it in us already. It's just take something to trigger it, you know, and to say, let me go do that. So, so you're in your third year. So what was that? How many years are there of uni for chiropractic? Uh, yeah. So halfway through my third year, it's a five year course. So you have, have another two after this, but yeah, it gets a little bit more in depth though. And at the beginning of fourth year, you start to do there's more clinical practice, more work placement and stuff, which yeah, I can't wait for it to be awesome. Yeah. So now, and so you moved from Rosedale down to Melbourne, and you live with some, um, I think, North Melbourne footballers, if I'm if I'm right. So do you? Yep. So I was half expecting you get on here and go, oh yeah, I'll just take it one day at a time, and me and the boys, and but you haven't done that. Nah, yet, so. nah, they they aren't all cliches here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But, yeah, I live with um Charlie Combin from from Sales. So yeah, Charlie and I've been best mates since we were probably. Oh, well, we've been, went to school together since we were 13, but, yeah, we've probably been really close since 16, 17. Yeah. Then, yeah, he bought a house at the end of 2021 in Mooney Ponds here in Melbourne. So, yeah, I live with him and Tom Powell, who's another bloke who um, plays at North Melbourne. He's from Adelaide. So, yeah, the, um, pretty fortunate to live here with them two boys. It's pretty pretty good fun and, yeah, it's a pretty nice house, which, which helps with your... Yeah, that's fantastic. Oh, good. And you wanted to be an elite sports person. Did well, did you want to play footy or did you have something else in mind? When yeah, you- yeah, up until probably about the age of 15, if you asked me in the winter what I wanted to do was play, play AFL. If you asked me in the summer what I wanted to do was put, play cricket for Australia. But, yeah, I was <laughs> I didn't, didn't quite have the ability that some of, some of the boys do like my housemates. So, yeah, it, it was just some local stuff, maybe a few, few local rep size and stuff. But, yeah, it wasn't too much. Beyond there, yeah, when well, probably till I hit 15, 16, that I realized it was a dream and it wouldn't be, be anything really more than that. Yeah, but I think you're doing exactly what you're meant to be doing anyway. And you'll be able to do chiropractic on a lot of a lot of elite sports. But in fact, this is what I love about a field like chiropractic, and then, and there's many other fields the same, is that you don't have to end up, and, and I don't don't tell your boss this, but you don't have to end up working in a clinic forever. Like you can end up working as on elite sports. In the in the elite sports field, you know, and a lot of other stuff like that. So it's got a lot of openings, really, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky at the moment. I work at Trial Solutions in Carlton, and yeah, my, my boss there, Steve Shashan, like he's he's at Wimbledon currently. He was at the French wow. Open wow. a month ago. Yeah, he works at all the Grand Slams, wow. which is yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. I've been very 
very fortunate with that job. It's amazing to work alongside him. And some of the people you see come to the clinic, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Geez, you've landed on your feet all right, haven't you, for a naughty boy? Um... <laughs> worked all right. The stars have aligned pretty well for me since leaving school. <laughs> <laughs> since pulling your head in, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit since then, yeah. <laughs> and and so now you're really focused on marathons and um you know and that that may be the love of your life for the rest of your life or it may change or or whatever like a lot of marathon runners end up doing a knee or something and then they switch to something else but whatever at the minute you that's that's your love now how did that start like what what what's yeah last year uh one of my good mates uh Dame McGinnis signed up for the half marathon at the Melbourne Melbourne Running Festival so I thought I'd yeah I'd sign up for it as well and um. Probably signed up maybe two months before the event, roughly, and trained a little bit for it. Like, had to meet up with a few people, um, like Matt Ferguson from – he lives up here now, but he's a Hayfield boy. Yeah, he's helped me so much with me running because I had no idea what I was doing. And then, yeah, I ran that I ran that by by myself, uh, yeah, on the actual – on the day of the festival and, yeah, just kind of fell in love with it from there. And, I don't know, I suppose a lot of people do, like, an event, like a, a marathon or, or marathon, and they tick it off and don't ever, ever touch it again. Yeah. And, you know, I just decided to keep running after it. And then I know 21Ks become 42Ks, 42Ks become 60Ks. It's all just, yeah, kind of, it's all happened pretty quickly. But, yeah, I'm just I'm half addicted to it now, I suppose, to kind of see, see how far I can push it. I love that you say you, you're half addicted to it. I saw a thing, a um, <clears throat> little video by Merrick Watts, you know, Merrick and Rosso, and yeah. He's he's like, oh, I just did my first marathon. Oh, I just ran whatever, 20 Ks. And they say that you always get addicted to marathons. And he goes, and that's not true. Stay home and drink wine. Yeah. <laughs> it, was yeah it's, it can be a bit bit like that. There are, yeah, some of the marathons like I've run in my own time, you wake up in the morning and it's a bit like, currently be bothered putting 42 Ks together now. But like if I'm, when I do something like that, I'll always put it on my Instagram. Like before, so I hold myself accountable. I'm like, oh, it's out there now. I have to run it, unfortunately. But yeah, I know it's a bit weird. Yeah, it can either go one or two ways. Either you become become addicted to it, or you don't. And yeah, I suppose I'm, I can say I'm pretty easily able. Like, yeah, just yeah. yeah, I have this innate desire to keep well, keep seeing how far I can push it. Yeah, well, with um. All of this get off the bench stuff, you know, is what I what I, I like to bring people onto the podcast so that um, they can showcase what they're doing. So other people might be, well, not, I hope that other people are inspired by your story, you know, and the story of others. And so they can go, wow, if he can do it, maybe I can. Now, when you're talking yeah, about physical exercise, that seems to be another kettle of fish because you know, people can apply themselves mentally, but when you have when you ask someone to apply themselves physically, like to lose weight, to um, get fit, you know, to run marathons, that sort of start to become a, an elite rower, whatever, it's kind of like, oh yeah, but oh, it's too hard. You know, I've oh, I did it, I did it for a week, and it's too hard. How do you? And I completely understand that. Like we we do five laps of the um, driveway every morning, and then I'm like, we get to number five. I'm like, should we do six now? And <laughs> yeah, like, some days. <laughs> yeah, some days are just like that. But what what you know? You said sometimes you just scream at yourself in the morning. And like, do you? How do you persist? How do, how do, what advice do you got for people to persist? Do you do you listen to music while you're running? Do you amp yourself up with some songs or some mantra? Like what what's how do you do it? Uh, it's a bit weird. I get I get asked this question a fair bit. I don't listen to anything at all when when I run. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I suppose 
yeah, if, if it mean, means enough to you, you'll stick to it. And yeah, like last year I was pretty pretty out of shape, and yeah, I kind of knew I wasn't terribly out of shape or anything. I kind kind of knew I had to do something about it. And that yeah, that um, changed a little bit through the half marathon and stuff. But yeah, I, I suppose I was kind of always putting things out there, like having goals to work work towards. Like after I ran the half marathon, I wanted to do a full one, so it was a little bit easier to get up each morning. And yeah, mm-hmm. if you got got something on the agenda want to do a lot of people want to lose weight but they don't put a number on it or anything so yeah with um yeah if i wanted to lose weight i'd start well the end goal might have been 10 kilos or something but yeah i'd I'd start by trying to lose two in x amount of time maybe it was a fortnight or something and yeah yeah, i think yeah the small attainable goals and then yeah you can um see that they're working because a lot of people i know they say like they'll set this big audacious goal Mm. work at it for two weeks don't don't see any results because two weeks isn't a lot of lot of time for change, and then yeah, they throw the towel in from that. So yeah, yeah I think yeah, setting small goals, and then like yeah, after the half marathon, it wasn't just um run, run twice that far. Now it was twenty five k's, it was thirty k's was every weekend. Yeah, piling piling it on of each other, trying to be smart with it, and not yeah burning myself out. So I'd end up hating it. Yeah, are you a high achiever, Brock? <laughs> um, I suppose yeah, me running a little bit now, but yeah, I don't know uni. Like I still. Yeah, I spoke a little bit about how I was at school uni. I still don't love it or enjoy it. The Cairo side of it, I really do. Like, I, yeah, I try and get good marks in in Cairo, in yeah, the actual chiropractic subject itself. Because yeah, I, I want to be a good chiropractor, but I'm not too phased about being the greatest student, winning yeah. all the winning all the awards and stuff like that. And yeah, that doesn't. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not too too stressed about all that. But we're all different learners, aren't we? Do you, you know, and some of us learn hands-on, some of us learn by watching, some of us learn by reading. And I don't think, you know, I'm going to, some people are going to slam me for this, but I don't think uni is really well set up for everybody. You know, it's set up for the mentally academic people. And other than that, everyone else is, you know, pushes, pushes hard. But you said something before that was really important. It says you've got to know why it matters to you or something like that you said, you know, and I think, um exactly that end goal or that that thing that re- you really value if you don't know what that is and you don't know what you're working towards how how can you how can you go forward if you don't know where you're going yeah 100 percent. yeah if you don't have an end goal you're kind of not, not really waking up and uh, working towards anything each morning yeah that, that was what that's pretty much the only reason i about it each morning like yeah i've made myself accountable now with me right at the end of the year which we'll touch on soon but yeah like it's hard every morning when the alarm clock does go off but yeah, it's uh, it's mind over matter. I feel there's more reasons to keep going than, than to quit with a lot of things. Yeah. yeah so when, if it, if it means it up to you, you you'll get it done. So when your alarm goes off, what goes through your head? Oh, it's pretty hard. Yeah, it depends. Like um, the Saturday Saturday mornings, I try and throw down a pretty big run, like anything twenty five k pluses. Yeah. You don't want to do it, but yeah, you know that um, you will end up doing it. It's um, it's hard. Like, yes, yeah, it's kind of. It's a little, yeah. It's pretty hard to say. Look, um, you you want to, you don't want to do it. You want to keep snoozing, but yeah, you just know at the end of the day, you will, you will hop up and yeah, start running. It's just yeah, one thing. As soon as you start moving, like you know, everything. A lot of lot of things at the start, I feel. But as soon as you get twenty minutes into something, it isn't yep. ever as bad. As, I agree yeah, with that. You and, yeah, yeah. What you talk a lot about now that you there's a lot of there's a lot of benefits so you, you've got more energy you feel more productive you've you've got more um you, you feel healthier you know you're eating better food all that kind of stuff was there a tipping point for that like because you're talking about um you know you had to keep pushing yourself at first and then you get 20 minutes in and all that did did, did it 
was it like you got three months into running and then you suddenly noticed those things or, or was it just this yeah. build-up? Yeah, especially with me running times in general. Well, no, I'm not yeah, running to be in the Olympic team or anything, but, yeah, it took a long time for me running results to actually get better and show, and it probably, yeah, it wasn't until I ran my first marathon that that showed through, and that was probably on the back of six, yeah, good six, seven months of training. I'm, I reckon, yeah, we're roughly ballpark around that time. But, yeah, the eating, like what I touched on before, it was kind of, um, yeah, small goals with that. Like, yeah, I lost two kilos and I lost four kilos. And then, yeah, I wasn't, as I said, terribly out of shape. I lost seven, eight kilos all up. But, yeah, that was kind of, that was probably more fortnightly by fortnightly um, goals that were coming through. But, yeah, the running took, running was a fair while to come mm. through. But, yeah, even then, like a lot of the mornings I don't run to try and get fit. And now, now it is trying to get my body ready for, yeah, as I said, what we'll touch on when I'm doing it at the end of the year. But mm. yeah, a lot of it was just, yeah, to try and, try, try and break away from the cycle from how we used to be, just like kind of sleep, sleeping in, hopping up, whatever time of the day. Wasting the day. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, just getting out of bed at whatever time, 9, 9.30, then mm. walking straight to the couch, doing not much, just putting on YouTube or something like that. Like, yeah, just yeah. Kind of, yeah, look back and, yeah, that proud of what, what I used to do. Yeah. How, how long does it take you to run 25Ks? Well, if I was giving it a fair to like, go for a personal best, like, I don't know, it'd be inch. Probably a little bit under under two hours. I could probably get it done around mm. four or 24 minute 30Ks, but I do a lot of heart rate training. Like my, um, yeah, like my heart rate when I run is generally around 140 beats a minute because, yeah, mm. um, yeah, I train zone two, zone three. Like, yeah, if I was Given 25k, my best tilt, I'd be zone four, zone five. But yeah, I don't really do a lot of it because yeah, it's not re- really specific to what I'm trying to do now. So yeah, a lot of heart rate training. So the heart rate isn't up, up too high, and the body can put put up with the amount of kilometres I'm putting into it. Yeah, yeah. When you talk zone four and five, you're talking about how high your heart rate goes. Yeah, so that's yeah, zone four to five. So that ends up being yeah, 80 to 100 percent of your max heart rate. So anything around 160 beats yeah. per minute to 198, which I'd uh, well, I, yeah, I, I won't go in really anymore until next year if I start training for a marathon again. But, yeah, pretty much all my heart rate training is zone two, zone three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I was just hearing, I just heard on a, I don't know if it was a podcast or somewhere I heard about, yeah, it was a podcast, the, um, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, the Mal- Malamutes or Malamutes or whatever they are, you know, the um, they 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 pull the sleighs, pull the sleds, do you know, that sort of thing. And they can go for, they're trained to go hard pulling for two to three days, you know, just just go, go, go. And they reckon that their vitals at the at the start and their vitals at the end are exactly the same. Like they're just so, so fit and so there that nothing nothing changes for them. It's just their state of being. And that's what, what an elite animal, really, when you think about that. It's yeah, so- yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's kind of what it um- yeah, the aerobic training, not the zone two, yeah. zone three training does for me. Yeah, my heart rate at the end is wow. the exact same what it is at the start. That, yeah, that's yeah, when I'm running, I'm barely ever checking the really to see how far I went. I've got a rough idea, yeah. but yeah, I'll check me watch every two to three minutes to make sure my heart rate's in a, in a certain zone. Yeah, wow. Well, well. So you, so you did the. I remember you did the sixty k. Was it sixty k or sixty two k? Sixty k around um, Apollo Great Ocean Road, and you yeah, were. 
You know. raised three and a half thousand dollars for the Starlight Children's Foundation. Was that intentional? Like, like, was the race specifically so you could, so runners could raise money for that, or was that something you chose to do? Uh yeah, I think yeah. Every yeah, I can't really remember signing. I remember uh, Matt Foose, and I said before he sent me like the link to sign up for the race, and I was like, yeah, right, I'll give give sixty k a crack, and I'm pretty sure like on the checkout. But you have to pick a charity to raise money for. And then, um, yeah, I didn't really, I've never had too much personal hardship or anything like in our family with disease or anything. So I messaged, um, yeah, I'm pretty close with a lot of people at the Rosedale Football Club. So I messaged uh, Michael Tilly from there, who's young boy, had cancer growing up. And he, you know, I think he was six or seven and he had a brain tumour. So I said, if you want me, me to run for a certain charity. And he said, yeah, the Starlight Children's Foundation, held wow. them heaps. When X was, um, yeah, when Xavier was younger and, yeah, had, had his troubles, so yeah, ended up picking it from that. And yeah, as I said, I put it out there on Facebook, made myself Campbell and raised three and a half grand, which is pretty cool. Mm. You're bringing me to tears. How did you, um, how did you feel with, um, no, I'll tell you why you are. I'll just let me stop on that. It's because the fact that you could have just, as a, as a young guy, and I, I'm not stereotyping, but you know, thinking about yourself, I just want to do my run. Oh, yeah, tick a charity. I don't really give a toss. I, I'm more focused on me doing a run. The, the fact that you actually thought deeply, more deeply about it and reached out to people and, and, cared enough you know to say well what does this mean to somebody else like that 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 affects me emotionally that really touches me I think that's really really nice so um how did you oh it's beautiful how did you feel when you were able to hand over three and a half thousand to such a meaningful charity yeah it's pretty cool and like yeah they'll they'll they're really appreciative honestly it wasn't really until the end of it kind of realized the magnitude of what it done like I got to yeah a few messages like the week of the race, people saying good luck, and um, what they think I'm doing was amazing. But I don't know, I was kind of thinking about the race, yeah, the whole time. So, yeah, I didn't really realize like um, the impact it was having on people. And yeah, there wasn't until after I'm like, yeah, I suppose I did something pretty cool, but yeah, as I said, like, I couldn't have done any of it without people actually putting in, yeah, the money or anything. Yeah, like, everyone, um, thanks, me, and says what I did was amazing and stuff, but yeah, I wasn't the any, I wasn't the person that put in three and a half grand. Was, yeah, everyone, everyone that got around it and shared it around on Facebook. and yeah, um, like the money team went around at the Rosedale Footy Club on like a Thursday night selection and stuff, and yeah, all them. Well, that would have raised yeah five hundred bucks there. So, you know, I get all the thank yous, but it was pr- pretty far from all my work. I just, I, I just ran sixty k. It's pretty much no, but sometimes I think it's it's it. And someone said this to me before with my charity. It's like you're a conduit. They can't run. They can't raise the money. You know, like they can't find three and a half thousand individually that sort of stuff and so you stepping up to do something which is leadership you stepping up to do that somebody other people believe in you do you know and other people want to buy in on what you're doing and you give people an opportunity that they would not have normally had you know to contribute to something with such magnitude and that that's you know people appreciate that more than anything so when you say you didn't really do anything you actually held you held that space for people to be able to feel good about themselves and to be altruistic. So it's, I think that's massive. A lot of people don't realise the impact they have when they hold that space for other people. So, Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. When you, when you put it like that, it, it's pretty cool to think. And, yeah, like I was back home, uh, back in Rosedale the week after it or something, yeah, went up to the footy club on Thursday night. Yeah, a lot of people like come up and were thanking me. And, yeah, like Xavier's family was all there and they, they were all pretty emotional and stuff about it, which, yeah, it was it was it was pretty awesome to see. Yeah. So um, 
Xavier is the one that you're doing the end run for. Is is he the same kid that that you raised? Actually, yeah, there's two Xaviers. So one Xavier Tilly was a um, young boy from Rosa who I messaged. Um, who I yeah messaged his old man. It would have been ten years ago or something when he he initially had cancer. Yeah, yeah we've been pretty close with the Tilly family for um. Yeah, for as long as what I can remember, pretty much my whole childhood and stuff. Well, there's a bit of age gap in between all us kids. Um, I think Xavier, Xavier would be 15, 16 now. I assume, yeah, I'm 22. So, yeah, there's a bit of age gap between us all, but yep. they're pretty close family and stuff through being involved at the football club. And then there's the another Xavier that we'll get to in a in a minute. Um, no, let's do it now. No, well, no, one thing I want to ask first is that you, you this marathon that you decided to run by yourself just around Rosedale. So, so it's not, not a fun run. It's not a fundraiser. It's not anything like that. It's not nothing that there's, um you know, flags and whistles and trucks and water stations and everything else. You just decided I'm going to run a marathon. around. So did you, <laughs> I love this. Did you just do it in one day? Like how far was it? And did you just do it in one big hit around Rosedale? Yeah. Yeah. So marathon 42.2 Ks. Yeah. Just did it in one hit around Rosedale. I was, um, yeah, I think oh, like I've got Strava. I'm not sure if you're too familiar with the, the running app. No. Um, it's like running app for it's like um in, Instagram for runners, pretty much. Like as soon as you post, uh, as soon as you go for a run, like it puts it um puts it on there. People can can like your runs and stuff like that. And yeah, on Friday I went for a run, then said so I'll, I'll run a marathon tomorrow. <laughs> then um yeah, similar. The, like, the alarm went off at like four thirty in the morning. It was a Saturday morning. I remember and I'm just thinking, oh why why have you said said you're going to do this? But yeah, like um. I was pretty excited about it all. Um, I wanted to say I've done one, but yeah, but bloody hurt. I didn't have the strength training or anything. Looking back enough, but um, yeah, I went and seen. Um, oh, I can't remember. I think yeah, it might have been Dowsey again, uh, Mitch Dowsey, I should say. And I ran like a thirty k a fortnight before. He said you should try a marathon. I'm like, yeah, right, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> See how far we can go. And then <laughs> did it all in one hit. But yeah, the last um. The first 35k wasn't too bad, but the last 7k was up there with some of the worst pain I've been in in my life because I was yeah fairly under trained to run that distance. So what what's I'm laughing because you like stick your hand up like still the class clown yeah I'll do it yeah watch me show yeah. off you know <laughs> <laughs> I love that but what, when you hit that 35k and you're in so much pain there's there's a point I can either quit. Because no one's watching anyway, other than the fact that I said it on a Facebook app or yeah, Insta app, or, or you keep going. What 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 what's going on in your head when you say I'm just gonna do it? I'm just gonna finish it. Why? Yeah, it gets yeah, it gets a bit full on. Not gonna lie, a lot. It's that a one second decision, which I think is um yeah the biggest thing. Like I remember, especially on the sixty k ultra marathon, how much it was going through. Well, I was never gonna quit that, but um. Yeah, like it would have been pretty easy to get up and um and quit that that marathon attempt at thirty five k's, but yeah, it's um I'm a big believer if you say you say you're gonna do something, you get out there and do it, and yeah, even though like the pain is bad, it's not gonna kill you. No, no one's died of sore knees, sore hamstrings, sore yeah. lower back, or anything like that. And yeah, I don't know the oh, you could say if someone had a gun gun to your head to take to run seven more k's, you'd do it for sure. Yeah. But they they didn't. You still decided to do it. I, I love that. Yes. Something you said in there. Um, that one second decision. And I'm I'm thinking about anything that's endurance. And I'm not talking about just physical endurance. You know, even just mental endurance or emotional endurance or anything like that. That that whole just one second more. 
just one more second. Do you know that that kind of make a decision in the yeah. second? How how much multiple of those can keep moving you forward? You know, just just make that decision in that second, and there's another ten minutes gone, and make that decision in that second, and there's another ten minutes gone. It's it's just it's it, everything in life is just we get to that fork in the road every how many times a day a thousand times a day do you, you know it's like will I go that way or that way and it's just that yeah. one decision that that changes everything for you and it could be a bad decision but but just that one split second changes your whole day changes your life changes everything yeah, it's, it's make or break and yeah that's like um yeah previous self like yeah probably back until I really started the running that was um yeah, when I had been at that fork in the road, I would have just um, yeah, craved the easy way out of it all. But then, yeah, yeah last year when, yeah, well, as I just said, we'll touch on him soon. Like when Ned Brockman was running across Australia, I learned so much about how much we're all capable of it. He's yeah. pushing his body to the ringer each day. I'm like, yeah, if he can, he can keep doing that, get up day after day and just keep showing up. Yeah. Like I went and seen Ned when he was in Melbourne and, and uh, well, I just learned that much about it. Like just hearing him talk, I think it was only half hour, but yeah, the amount you learn about um, like just how he handled his goals and, and everything was just yeah, amazing to get a perspective like that on it, which, yeah, I've learned so much and I'm trying to um, base a lot of my decisions off like running-wise, life-wise. Yeah, yeah. So that's Ned Brockman. And you were saying that um, you were getting up every, uh, in your bio, you're saying you got up every morning to check, where's he at? Where's he at? You know, that, that's yeah, a- and that was my favourite thing, yeah, when he was running across Australia. I miss that so much. It was, um, yeah. yeah, that was um, probably around the time I was training for me half marathon. So that helped a lot like when... Like I think I was only going on a few like six, eight K runs, but you're like, yeah, if he pound out hundred K day after day, like I couldn't even imagine the pain. So, so what's a half what's a full marathon? How many kilometers is that? Full marathons forty two point two Ks, half marathons, yeah, twenty one point one. Okay, yeah. And so now let's get to the um you've done the sixty K run, which was the Great Ocean Road one that you raised the money for. You did the 45, 42K, so full marathon round Rosedale. And by the way, when you're doing it round Rosedale, we're like people are there going, here comes Brock again. You know, so yeah, you know. I ran a fair bit out of town. I ran um I think I started I would have started running like six o'clock six o'clock in the morning. So I maybe did five laps to the town first, which I think is Roughly around three k, a lap of the town is maybe yeah, give or take a little bit. Then yeah, I run probably ten k out of town towards Flynn type thing, and then um yeah, back in suburban up another twenty k there. But yeah, there was a fair few laps of the town, and yeah, I, was, I did see a few of the few of the same people two, three, four times eventually. <laughs> Here he comes again. I think that's funny. Actually, that's that would be really funny, like to to have everyone just sitting lined up, knowing that you're going to do it, lined up at the cafes, you know, drinking, come here, Brock's just come round, 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 round. That, uh, okay, I'd get my kicks out of that. That would be really hilarious. Yeah, was, uh, <laughs> we the boys from the Rosedale Creek Club had a box party on that um that Saturday morning. And, um yeah, I ran party. It would have been 7 o'clock in the morning. They were already, already drinking it on the beers. They asked me how far I'm running. I said, instead of marathon, they didn't believe me. Then, um. Yeah, they were at the at the footy club in the morning for maybe two hours or whatever. Then yeah, their bus was driving out again. I think I was up to about 36 k by the time I seen them again. And yeah, they actually yeah. believed me then. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the look on your face um, convinced them that you were really doing it. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was in struggle street by that point. <laughs> now, so uh, so a full marathon forty two. You've done sixty. You're, you've got this grand plan, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Running from um, 
Adelaide to sale, which I don't yeah. know how many Ks that is, but I think you're running about 62, 65 Ks a day or something, 62.5 Ks a day. So I don't know how many, What are, so 16 days, what are the maths? How many total kilometres is that? Yeah, so I made it, so Adelaide to sale is only 930 Ks, but yeah, I've changed the route a little bit. I'm making it 1,000 Ks, so I'm going to, instead of running straight from Adelaide down to Melbourne, I'm going to head to Bendigo because um. Person who's training me from a run, Jed Zimmer from the Health Project. That's where he's from, and um, yeah, we might try and sort out there something a little bit. Yeah. The night I, I go through there, a bit of a celebration. I won't be doing too much of the celebrating because I still have another five hundred <laughs> days or so to run. But yeah, yeah, that's um, yeah, that's my grand plan. So uh, yeah, mm. come December, I'll take off from Adelaide, which would be be pretty exciting. So sixty two k's a day. So that's even more than the the biggest one you've done so far. So. Yep. With your training now, how many how many k's are you running now? Only twenty five. Yeah, it- also, um, yeah, I'll, probably weekly it's around around eighty to ninety at the moment. I'll just keep building. Like I'm doing a lot of strength training in the gym, probably yeah. three, four pretty heavy leg days a week. So I'm not yeah trying my best, and I break down and get a stress fracture actually. Yeah. On the run, but yeah, it'll just keep getting bigger and bigger. Like um, yeah, like you tell a lot of people how many kilometers you're running at the moment, and they're like, no, there's no way you're going to be able to do that, but. Yeah, Ned Brock, and I'll touch on him again in a few times probably in this podcast. But um, yeah, I remember him saying he, for about the two months before, he was running 10Ks a week in the lead up before he had to be doing 700 kilometers a week and 100Ks of uh, 46 days of 100, 100 kilometer runs. So yeah, I think by the time, I don't think you can actually really train. No. Like, stress on your body. I think a lot, a lot of it, should, it gets to the point where it's just, just a mental game. Yeah, yeah. And you and 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 also stopping if you need to. If you need two nights rest instead of one, just have the bloody, just have your rest. But what are you doing it for? You, I know you're raising it for uh, raising money for a friend. So tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, Xavier and I have been good friends for maybe three, four years now. Through yeah, a little bit of little bit of football and stuff like that. And um, yeah. he had cancer when he was younger. I think he would have been six, seven. As I said, we weren't really. Friends then, but yeah, over the summer he was um, diagnosed with with cancer again, a pretty um, severe tumor. So unfortunately, yeah, he's got a pretty tough road ahead of him at the moment. He's heading over to Japan for treatment, which is going to cost the family a fair bit. I'm, yeah, I don't think he's too sure how much Medicare yeah. can cover, but yeah, I could be wrong. But I don't think it's looking like it's a lot, which is yeah. going to be a bloody expensive trip over there for the treatment and everything. I think it's going to be up north at 200, 200 grand. So um, wow, yeah, I spoke to him a little bit. I've always wanted to do kind of a run like this and yeah now that me running's kind of taken off I thought it was perfect time and yeah so I messaged Dave and I'm like is there a certain charity that's helped you and he said yeah the Sony Children's Foundation so I um I sent them an email maybe three four months ago I think and yeah that would that would have been awesome they were as soon as I um emailed them they were keen came me to jump on board and do it yeah they set up a website and everything now and there's a link like to donate and yep. yeah the actual page I'm sure yeah you and Nanny Nikki and everyone have seen it looks looks pretty awesome what, what they've done with it so yeah. I definitely couldn't have done anything like that myself if if I was left to make the website we wouldn't have a website <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so I'm going to make sure I put the um link in you know so that people can donate to that so if and you're hoping to raise what was it sixty two thousand dollars or something like that yeah sixty two and a half thousand dollars so yeah that's kind of in- indicative of the kilometers I'm running running each day which oh, would be okay. good yeah yeah that's that was kind of why I picked that um Pick that amount. It's probably a little bit audacious, but I don't know. I think um, there like the donations obviously won't come in for a bit, but I think yeah, as I get closer and closer to sale, come the end of the run, it'll start start to pile in. And yeah, hopefully like um, yeah, opportunities like this, like hopping on podcasts, 
potentially radio and stuff if it does arise. Like, it only, only makes the event bigger and gets more out there. And, like, you know, like living with Charlie and I'm here, like, they're obviously um, two pretty well known figures and have a few contacts. So, hopefully, yeah, that can lead to yeah, a few more opportunities like this and really get it out there. Yeah, absolutely, and some fundraisers and that sort of stuff. Um, you're also looking, so I'll, I'll put that show, I'll put that link in so that um, you know anyone can donate. But you also, I saw you put on Instagram last yesterday or the day before about looking for corporate sponsors, um, from businesses and that sort of stuff. So, if there's a business that wants to, you know, throw in five grand or ten grand or something like that. Um, how are they contacting you? You just asking them to contact you personally to talk about that? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just contact me or my uncle Cam personally. Probably if you're hearing it through this, just yeah, contact me via yeah. My Instagram's got my email and phone number. Yeah. Um. Yeah, my bio. It's my Facebook. You can just contact me via messenger. But yeah, I put up that post two days ago, and I didn't think it'd be yeah two three days ago maybe. I didn't think it'd be that popular, but yeah, it's blown up. They've got probably fifteen sponsors on board already, which is fantastic. Pretty mind blowing, yeah. It's um, yeah, I'll, yeah. It's blown me away how much how excited everyone is by it and wants to be a part of it and stuff. Yeah, it's, it means the world. Everyone that has jumped on board. So yeah, I'll have um, custom made running shirts, the entire run. Like um, yeah, in any business company, corporate sponsors, any anyone that jumps on board, they'll have their yeah their brand and logo on the yeah. run, which will be worn or pending heat. Might be a few days where I have to go shirtless, and when I'm running at that time of the year, but yeah, they'll um, yeah, everyone. Who sponsors and puts in money will be be on the shirts for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So you could say, yeah, it gets too hot. I might go shirtless. You know, just keep in mind that us women have to suffer. You know, we don't get to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we have still wear tight bloody clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, that sounds really fantastic. And and so if Xavier, how old is Xavier now? Did you say? I think you might have said. Xavier's nineteen. So yeah, first first year out of school. Yeah, and so if he goes to Japan, there's it's a lot more hope than if he doesn't go to Japan. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're really spoiled for choice on that yeah. front. So, yeah, like I texted him a little bit, like obviously he's still down, Kilmaine, he's up here a fair bit for treatment and stuff, but yeah, yeah I don't know, it just blows me away how he can, like, keeps fronting up each day. That's kind of where I go to in the mornings as well. He doesn't really have the option. Yeah. I've got the option each morning to snooze the alarm, but, yeah, there's people going through a lot worse. Things and, yeah. and they hopping up early in the morning and, and going for a run. So yeah, it's just um, yeah, even just when you text him, like he's always optimistic. He's never down and and out. But, uh, it's um, tears of the heartstrings talking to him. Like he's just yeah, he's an amazing human. What he what he does and yeah, so are his parents. It's a credit to them. They've raised, yeah. raised, raised an awesome child. Mm. Well, it's bloody tough and it's hard and it's awful. And I I I can't stand how cancer just um drops in on people, but at least there's good people like you. And you're only 22, by the way. I should, you know, we talked before about you being a shit of a kid, but you're still, you're still a baby compared to me. Yeah, but... I know, yeah. I'm <laughs> still, still young, but, yeah, I um, yeah, I'd like to think the last, I'll say then, oh, not a, probably eight months, I've tried to actively turn my life around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's never too late and you're never too young, never too old. You might as well. And it, it's such a good feeling when you start to think bigger than yourself. It's it's such an amazing. Yeah, I understand. Like, it's still crazy now. Like, I get a fair few messages and stuff. Like, um, I started up a training account on Instagram. Like, a lot of people text me on that, like, saying that, mm. or they went for a run this morning because of me or, like, they did that because yeah. of me. I'm like, you know, I didn't actually realise what I was doing had an effect on people. Like, it's yeah, kind of unintentionally. 
it, um, it's never really been the purpose of what I've done to get out there and inspire people. Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool now to get messages and like even opportunities like this. Yeah, one podcast. It's um, people well, yeah want to hear a little bit about my story now. It's it's pretty crazy and oh. yeah, I, I do enjoy it. It's nice. It's nice for sure. Yeah, well, you, you you give people hope. You know, that's you you show people that it doesn't matter where you've been or what you think or what you've done or what you, it doesn't matter anything. You know, you can always make a decision to just do something bigger and better and to yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it, it definitely ever is. It, it never is too late. Like you hear yeah, a lot of people, yeah, coming coming around this age and yeah, they end up turning their life around. Like yeah, you hear of um, yeah, like Goggins, yeah, Ned, um, the bloke who's running across Africa at the moment, like he's Big, big gambling addict, um, mm. alcohol, alcohol, alcoholic. Sorry, and yeah, it feels as if everyone kind of has that sliding doors moment where, yeah, you know, like we said before, you can be a little bit at the crossroads, at the fork in the roads, and yeah, you got got a choice on where you want to go. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people they pick the right one, which is good. Yeah. So, what do you want to say to twenty-year-olds that are lying in bed every Saturday and Sunday morning, not getting out till one o'clock? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Honestly, if I could say anything to to me for myself, but you got. Yeah, capable of a lot more than what you think you are. Just start small. Um, it, yours doesn't have to be running like what mine eventuated being. But, yeah, just find something yeah, that is uncomfortable at the start. Get out there, have a bit of a crack, and eventually, like, yeah, like, for example, my 3K become a 6K, my 6K become 10K, 21K marathons, ultra marathons. And, yeah, now running from Adelaide to Sale, yeah, you don't, don't learn anything about yourself, really sitting in bed, sleeping in, eating crap, doing not much with your life. You have to get out there and push a little bit to – yeah, find out, find out what you're capable of. Yeah. Well, yeah, you just build this level of self-belief from there, which is um, that you didn't even know you were capable of at all, and it's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah. I think every single person's capable of so much more than they even even realise, but we'll never realise it until we yeah, do. Yeah, that's what I say to people. Like, a lot of people, well, they, um, when I ran my first marathon especially, like I put it on my Instagram after and people are like, I could never run that far. Like I had a 21st at night. A lot of people coming up and saying, you could never, I could never run that far. I could never do that. And like, you just put, put a barricade on yourself straight away. Like you have to go out and run it tomorrow, but eight months is a lot of time to make change. Six months is a lot of time to make change. If you just, yes, start small, stick with it, be consistent. Yeah. Showing up each day, yeah, it shows resilience. Yeah, and you, um, yeah you'll start to r- realise your talent pretty quickly and what, what you're capable of. Like I don't have any God-given talents. Like any, anyone can, can go around or anything like not like Charlie or Powley or anything like that. I wasn't ever going to end up on an AFL list, but anyone can have a crack, really. That's that's the main thing I, I believe. That should be the main takeaway from anyone. Yeah, I believe that too. I believe that too. And how do I know? People are going to be going, well, how do you know Brock? Well, well, Brock's um Brock's my partner, Nikki's um uh, nephew. So Brock's, I guess Brock's my step-nephew. So I don't know, but I'm pretty proud uh, to have you, Brock. I'm really, I very appreciate that. <laughs> I really appreciate the comments and you having me on. It means a lot. Uh, you're a great, you really are a great human. You really are. And, and whether you're a shit of a kid or not, I still love you. I don't care. <laughs> I'm glad that you, I'm glad no, that thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> glad you've moved over to this side of the fence. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, easily the better spot to be. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is. Well, Brock, thank you so much for joining us. This has been really inspirational. I'm going to put those, um, the links in the in the show notes and and hopefully people donate and hopefully people get on board. And as you get closer to the run, we'll start amping it up a little bit for you. And, um, yeah, I wish you, wish you the best and hope to see you again soon.
Nah, sure will. Nah, as I said, thank you so much for having me on and yeah, giving, giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit, a little bit about my story and what's coming up for me. It's um, yeah. Yeah, a pretty awesome platform to be a part of and yeah, an awesome opportunity. So thanks, Karen. I really appreciate it. No, oh, my absolute pleasure. All right, great talking to you. Thanks, Brock. That's good. Thanks, Karen. Appreciate <laughs> See ya. it. Da-da. See ya. Oh, guys, I hope you enjoy that. I absolutely love what Brock's doing. He's such a bloody good kid. And I say kid, he's 22. He's not a kid, but it is compared to me. But what what a wonderful journey to, I, I guess, just be that typical boy. And I'm not, I'm not trying to stereotype, but, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I finished school and I'm just going out with the boys, have it, getting on the piss or whatever. And then it's kind of like this sudden, I, I need to do something better with my life. And the fact that he's... Um, which I believe is in within everybody. I think it is just about making that one decision that really switches things for you. But raising, um, you know, money for the uh, Starlight Children's Foundation and now doing the big run from Adelaide to Sale to raise money for uh, the the Sony Foundation, you know, to support his friend Xavier. I think, I think it's about thinking bigger than yourself and and realizing that your actions can have such a massive impact on others and you know like we talked about uh, when Brock said I didn't really do much everyone else donated it, yes that's that that's true that everyone else donated but it, it's such a true thing that when you hold the space and be a conduit for others to be able to um, fulfill some altruistic goal of their own um, because they would never be able to do it without you providing that platform. That's a pretty amazing feeling. So, and a couple of other things Brock talked about was that uh, everybody's capable of more than they think they are. So when there's something you want to do, please go and do it because it, like Brock said, a 3K run to a 6K run to a 12K run or whatever the whatever the figures were, you know, just building it bit by bit by bit and eventually everything changes for us and he's saying that there's so many benefits that he's noticed from doing this. So I, I really hope that inspired you. I'd really love for you to, to donate to um, his run and uh, not only not only to help the foundation, not only to help his mate Xavier, but also to send the message to Brock that, hey, people are behind you, you know, people value what you're doing. And I think when people step up and take that kind of leadership stance and they, you know, stand up for other people and put themselves out there and put themselves through a lot of suffering for someone else, it's so good when others say, hey, I've got your back. Hey, I'm watching you. Hey, thanks for doing this. I appreciate you. And, you know, I'm I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and back you and show you that I appreciate you. So I don't know. I think that really means a lot. So I hope this has inspired you. I hope you love it. Please go do whatever it is you need to do and please start following Brock. Brock uh, links in the show notes. And thank you very much for joining me once again and I will see you next week. See ya. Thanks for joining me. As always, I hope this episode inspired you. If you know somebody who's taken courageous action to create something that's making a difference for other people, let me know about it. Go to my website, karenvaughan.com, tinker around there, have a bit of a look and send me a message. I can't wait to hear from you. And remember, you're worth it. Your unique talents and gifts need to be out in this world. And I'm so passionate about inspiring you to achieve that. So you've listened to this episode. Just say yes, make the decision and put one foot in front of the other. See you next week.